Welcome aboard Imagination Skyway, your grand podcast tour of the magic. I'm your host, Matthew Kroll, and in today's episode, I have the honor of chatting with Disney Research Fellow and Walt Disney Imagineer Lanny Smoot, who this year became the second person at Disney to be inducted into the National Inventors Hall of Fame. The first person, by the way, was Walt Disney. With over 106 patents, 74 created during his 25 years at Disney and counting, Lanny is the first Walt Disney Imagineer to become a part of the Inventors Hall of Fame. His creations have allowed Madame Leota's head to float in the seance room on the Haunted Mansion, enabled an extendable lightsaber for Disney Live Entertainment. Many of you might remember Josh Tomorrow demonstrated this one at Destination D23 in 2021, and encouraged families of all ages to identify potential fire hazards with an interactive game created for Where's the Fire, which was previously a part of Innoventions at Epcot. In this episode, Liney takes some time out of his busy schedule at Disney to chat with me about his induction into the National Inventors Hall of Fame, his career at Disney, and his latest invention unveiled last month by Walt Disney Imagineering, the hollow tile floor. I am truly humbled to have had the opportunity to chat with Lanny, and I sincerely hope you enjoy our discussion. At the end of the show, we'll return to Imagination Central, where I'll share ways in which you can stay connected with Imagination Skyway, how you can discuss this topic with others, and how you can help to support and inspire the future of this show. Please remain seated, keep your hands and arms inside the podcast at all times, and enjoy your Grand Circle Tour aboard Imagination Skyway. Lanny, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today. I know you have had quite an exciting month and as you just mentioned before we started recording, a lot of attention and that's all because of this big induction into the National Inventors National Hall of Fame. Inventors Hall so of Fame. I congratulations mean. on that. I, I, I'm going to be asking, of course, how you feel about it and uh, I'm sure that you are feeling some oh it's oh that old thing it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> there are, I, I was looking there there are some big names on that list but I, oh first... My God. I first of all when i found out that i was being inducted i was told that oh you're the first person at the walt disney company to be inducted into the national inventors hall of fame and i was super happy right and then someone in media mentioned oh no you're actually the second person I know a lot of creative people in the company, but my ego is falling a little bit. And I said, <laughs> oh, well, who? I was trying to figure out who it was. And when I found out it was Walter Elias Disney, literally, you know, lump in the throat, uh, really emotional for me because come on, this, this whole megaverse that we live in here is Walt's and to follow in his footsteps was yeah, surprising reward you know wondrous so yeah big deal for me very big deal it's definitely an honor and i i would have felt the same exact way i am amazed by the fact we're gonna we're gonna jump back and then come back forward in time i'm amazed by the fact that you have 106 patents that i do with several so more at the patent uh office and i will have more as they get uh allowed but i have 106 issued u.s patents so when did you first get this passion for creating new inventions and where did that all stem from? 
started when I was probably about five years old. My dad, who was an itinerant inventor, not a professional, never went past high school, but he brought home a battery, bells, some wire, and, bat and got the bell to ring. I'm looking at this thing in amazement. The light lit, and it lit my entire career. It has it, it that love of engineering, of, or actually first electricity, electronics, engineering. Brief dabbling in chemistry, but too messy. Didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> right? And I've always wanted to create. Um, my dad was a natural creator. I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. It's a relatively poor neighborhood. We were relatively poor. And so um, I didn't see a lot of um, role models other than maybe my dad, um, the Barney Collier figure in the old Mission Impossible story where he was an engineer but never credit credited. Um, Uhura, Star Trek, for a lot of reasons, but also she's technical. So just um, I always wanted to be the person who would come up with new technologies. And um, I guess I kind of accomplished that. So. Yes. You sure have, and you and you're still going, which is exciting. I'm, I'm still going. I have patents uh, that are, as they say, baking baking in the oven, and uh, we'll keep contributing to them. You know? That's incredible. So, and that makes sense coming from I'm I'm from New York, so not too far away from Brooklyn. Yeah. I'm on Long Island. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's uh, I saw that you had gone to Columbia, and it makes sense that you would jump to that university. And yeah. I was amazed looking back at your career that you had spent. A couple of decades before even jumping to Disney at Bell Laboratories, Bell Communications Research, and you know uh, we we could probably spend a whole lot of time on that. But to to jump to Disney, what mm -hmm. prompted that move after twenty years to the to Walt Disney? It wasn't a prompt; it was a draft. So here's what happened. <laughs> right? Back at Bell Communications Research, a follow-on of Bell Labs. I had invented a thing called the electronic panning camera. And it, it, the idea is that you could sit home at and watching television, have a remote control and change your angle of view. Everyone would be able to do it independently. So you would, you know, I want to see what the football game is, you know, matches happening here. I want to see this. I want to, okay. And I was out in Las Vegas demonstrating it for the National Association of Broadcasters in a big, big conference there. I had the camera in my lab and I had uh, put touch screens on each of several monitors so you could push the view this way, that way. And a guy walks up to me and he says, oh, my God, that's great. That's the most amazing thing I've ever seen. It's great. I said, OK, good. And I, he says, I'd like to lease this thing from you or rent it from you. I said, well, I work for the telephone company. We don't generally do that. It's Bell Labs here. But what do you want to do with it? He says, well, what we want to do is put a camera down in a pit where there are animals running around. I said, what? That sounds so cruel. What are you talking about there? I said, well, what company are you from? He says, I'm from the Walt Disney Company. I said, wait a minute. You guys are nice people, right? Why would you put animals down? And okay, I learned something there. That's how Disney speak can have to be to tell someone we need a camera, but we're not going to tell you what it's going to be used for. It was for Animal Kingdom, right, where animals are running around on a savanna, and you know, and some people want to go around and uh, be in a, a vehicle to see that you can't walk around. Lions eat you that bad, and so um, this thing was going to be used there. So um, 
Disney actually convinced our tell our company to borrow the camera for a, spe a specific period of time. I know nothing about sports, so um, actually it was used at the. Um, I, they said they were going to use it at the duck pond. I thought they were going to take it out behind the building. There's some bond, <laughs> some little pond. It was actually <laughs> the Anaheim Stadium for a hockey game. So it's so totally messed up. But anyway, um, one thing led to another. Disney did try the thing out, loved it. And a little while later, I got some calls <laughs> from the Walt Disney Company saying, look, you know, we've we've studied some of the things you've done and we've read about things that you were working on back then. We want you at the Walt Disney Company. And so they like the invention, but they like the inventor more. So I, I, I was actually pulled into the Walt Disney Company. Well, that's amazing. And I'm not a big sports guy either. So I probably would have bought the exact same thing. Yeah, I'm like, duck pond. <laughs> okay, <laughs> duck, duck pond, pond thingy, whatever that is. And great. <laughs> uh, yeah. So when yeah. you start up at Walt Disney Imagineering, before even starting to develop some of the ideas for what could come to the parks and attractions and experiences, I'm sure. And I don't know if you had been to a Disney park prior to that, but probably went no, to look, Disney at some point, not much yes. later than that. Were there yes. any particular attractions or illusions or aspects of Imagineering that interested you coming from what was probably more of a, a utilitarian uh, way of designing inventions to now creating things for a theme park environment? You know, when I came to California, um, I was always impressed by the Haunted Mansion. Um, it's something that I thought was really cool. And a few years after I saw it, I wound up revamping it. So how do these things work out? And you may know that I'm the person who has Madame Leota flying over the seance table in, at, the Dis at Disneyland's uh, Haunted Mansion. Also, the changing portraits, which were a very complex um, uh, attraction. I simplified a number of things, made it better, but... In the, the key thing there is you have to keep the same feeling of of the haunted mansion, you know, and we were able to do that. So I there are lots of things I love about Disney now. I didn't know as much about the company as I did then, but you come to come. I came here to do technology, but I've fallen in love with the creative. So there you go. That's amazing. I'm glad you decided on the haunted mansion as your answer too, because there's a lot that. Disney fans love about Haunted Mansion and thinking about that, that I remember that change and it really yeah. was seamless. It has the same exact. That's the feeling. key. Now, one of the things what you, you learn is what was sacred to the earlier folks who designed the, the uh, Haunted Mansion and those parents who took their kids, you know, that were kids when they saw it. Now they're taking their kids to the parks and they want to see the things that they fell in love with as a kid. You can make it better, as Disney uh, Imagineers say, you can plus it, plus it up, but you can't just say, oh, well, I'll just put TV monitors in and I'm going to I'm going to have electric lights here. And yeah, that's not the Haunted Mansion. Not going to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely a classic. Now, yeah. you... um. In deciding on this is this was what something that really fascinated me. So you uh, 
I'm going to actually read this quote from the Walt Disney Company publication about this news, which was, when deciding which of his patents to highlight as part of his National Inventors Hall of Fame induction, Smoot selected Where's the Fire at Interventions, previously featured at Epcot. I actually do remember that attraction. Walt Disney World was my home park, and it was really a fun attraction. I'm just curious, of all the patents that you've created, what honed you in on this one? You know what? The Where's the Fire attraction taught people about safety hazards in their homes, right? And I felt that tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of people have gone through it, have learned certain things. And I've actually seen posts where people say, I learned that this shouldn't have been done or I learned something about that and it could have saved my life. And holy smoke, what, you know, what better thing can you have? Many of my inventions are attract you know are entertaining or but this one was designed to keep people safe to um imparting kids importance of safety so i chose it i could have chosen either any of the 106 but that one just seemed to be the most close to disney's spirit i love that i was wondering if that had anything to do with it so that's why that is just why i I love that it's such a great reason too um Mm -hmm. But I'm I'm curious about process a little bit too because sure. there's when you set out to produce a new invention, I'd imagine that it probably depends. Maybe there is a, a mix of this, but you know, when you go to set out, me, to can I answer your question before yeah. you ask it? Go ahead. Are you told at R and D what to do and to build as a, as an organization, or do you come up with ideas yourself? It exactly. is the most common question that <laughs> any of us get, and the answer is. Yes. <laughs> so we are consistently um, consultants to our creative partners, the folks who, you know, that we're looking at an attraction. We want to build this specific thing, but we need some help. We don't know what's going on with this and this. Okay. So we'll consult that. That is always a bit of what's going on. The other one is I wake up in the morning. I have a really interesting idea. Wouldn't it be fun to have someone be able to do this thing? And on spec, I'm going to put something together, sort of maybe, you know, a quick, uh, quick demonstration of what could happen. I may invite some of my creative friends. By the way, when I came to this company, I always felt creative. Then I was told, you're not creative. So what are you talking about? What they meant is you're not an artist, right? I am right. creative in the technical fields. But anyway, um, I might show someone who's creative and say, look, what do you think? Oh, my God, that opens so many doors for us. We can use that. Okay, so now we have a collaboration right away. That person says, you know, hey, could we do this? I said, sure, and I can do this. They're like, oh, my God, that's so much better. That's how ideas happen here. They're collaborative. Uh, We do absolutely have our own charter in R&D to come up with cool stuff. And I always tell people, if you can't tell what, is needed in a company you shouldn't work there you look around we do magic with science i mean come on so you can think of things that people would be overjoyed about you can think of things that will plus things up you say oh that's pretty good but what if right and then i'll come up with something i'll find uh, another collaborator that's maybe an r d that has a skill that's a little different than mine but can complement it idea grows we show it to the creative more creative people they say oh my god now that gives us an idea to you know make this bigger 
And pretty soon you have an attraction or you have a, 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 a part of an attraction. And the idea that, that someone on high in creative comes and says, you guys in R&D should build this thing. No, they might say, hey, we're, we have an idea that, you know, we're not sure how to do. Does that excite you guys? And, and sometimes we might say it is interesting, but right now we don't have an, a way of doing it or we're not sure. Three days later, we might not. We might have it. Right. It just depends. But it is it is a little bit of both. And everyone asks that question. Are you told what to do or do you just do it? Both. Yes. Honestly, that not told what to do, but, you know, suggested. Yeah, right. Yeah. That honestly would have been my guess too. That's why I suspected yeah. there's probably a little bit of a mix there. Um, it is. Now, you know, talking about creating magic, there was yeah. a, another video that was posted on social media. You I think it was from the Walt Disney Imagineering post, actually. You mm -hmm. mentioned that being an Imagineer is using technology in service of making people happy, which of course is such a cool mission. But, yes. uh, you know, I'm curious how that changes your perspective when you're coming up with something new. You know what? First of all, I think you have to know you're okay. I have certain things that I just want to see. I just I just I I have an idea and I say, whoa, wouldn't it be cool if this thing could fly or this happens or that happens? Okay. Now that can be a very big driver for me. My own curiosity and my own desire to see a thing that I've imagined is a very strong driver. The other thing though that you have to learn is that what I like may not be exactly what other people like, right? So things will change. I'll say, well, I'd like to see it fly. They'd say, I don't want to see it fly, I want to see it tumble i don't know what it would be and so you have to temper your own taste curiosity drives most of what i do and i mean just i want to see something that's in my mind become real in the real world i want to see how it would be right you have to have some discipline i tell you new or younger people coming in you know you can't fall in love with your own plan entirely right because you have to say are my tastes the, the same as the guest tastes sometimes aligned that's the best world sometimes not aligned and you have to say okay i'm going to do self-curation i'm going to say i can make this thing but it's got to go in this direction as opposed to where i might have started so that's that makes, the, those are the realities of of uh any place i think okay. yeah that's that's a that's a great answer now mm -hmm. you this is leading me into one of the things that I feel like I have to talk about, which is the hollow tile floor. It's just so cool. Well, gee, yeah, I, I, I hate talking about my favorite project in all the world. Yes, let's talk I'm about I'm sure it. you get that question a lot. I uh, love it. I know people have been asking about yes. the the implications of it. I'm more curious where this came from. Like, where where did the inspiration for this invention start? Okay, I'm going to have to go a little off-brand here. I was a Star Trek kid. As I grew up, I wanted to, you know, I learned more about, well, <laughs> space exploration, but more the fact that the Star Trek world had a holodeck, a place where people could go into a small room and you could uh, explore all kinds of things. And I said, well, one person in the room could be wearing VR, right? Okay, so that could work. They got 20 people in there running around to distant mountains. A couple of people are exploring lakes. Someone's over on a, you know, in downtown. How is all of this possible? 
what you would reason is you have to be able to have a space that appears to be infinite, where people can walk in any direction as they choose infinitely. They want to walk way off to the mountains, let them go. They want to walk over to uh, the, the playground with, with the kids or something, go there, etc. And to do that, maybe they want to walk on the moon, who knows? To do all of that, you have to have a floor surface that can have any number of people on it walking in any direction at any speed and do it all in a small physical space. So to me, that meant that every part of that floor has to be able to move anything on it in any direction at any speed. Okay. And that starts you on the, what are the mechanics of it, et cetera. And that's where the idea came from. Now we, again, I don't think the makers of the holodeck uh, in the fictional world ever imagined that, that you would actually make a thing like that. So it's not before someone says, well, they took that idea. No, it's, 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 it's an inspiration uh, that where science fiction, can lead actual doing yeah that's creativity has to be sparked by something inspirational yeah. um yeah. generally strong i was my favorite show as a kid that's that's wonderful my, my mother-in-law will appreciate that answer because she's a yes. she's a big star trek fan as well um she has so, great taste yeah. <laughs> i'll uh, i'll leave you with with one last yes. question so sure. you I would hope, you know, visit the parks and get to see some of your inventions come yeah, to life. So is there anything in particular that is the most rewarding for you when you go and actually see these or perhaps surprising when you go and see these inventions put to use in the parks? There are lots of things I like. Um, I still am a fan of the Haunted Mansion. It, it's sort of funny when I go through and I say and I've I've taken other people in, and it's funny if you go to the park yourself on anything you i'm quite used to what it looks like when you take a friend and say i did that you know or i designed that or i couldn't you know by the way i i have a i was saying to someone earlier i don't know if you know what this guy is one of the infinity Skywalker. yeah, yeah like, well, <laughs> <laughs> well yes that's the but the toy is actually the infinity toy set. oh cool so I designed the electronics that caused the lightsaber to light up. So I, I have a cottage industry in lightsabers, big lightsabers and little lightsabers. And when friends had these, you know, playing games or their kids playing, I said, yeah, I designed it. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's the kind of fun I have. If it's something I've touched or something I've designed and someone is using it, it's great. I walked to... Um, we used to have the thing called the launch bay at Disneyland and you had lightsabers and carry it. And I said, yeah, I remember putting those in and building them and that sort of thing. And, you know, people enjoying them. That's great. Or someone, you know, is at a lightsaber show or our, our uh, chairman, uh, uh, Justin Morrow enjoys showing that lightsaber. And I said, man, thank you, Josh. So. <laughs> I remember seeing that lightsaber for the first time in person. It was absolutely believable. You really were creating yeah. magic when you designed that. Oh yeah, it is. It is fun. It is a one of a kind, and it is. Um, it's a good achievement. Yeah. Well, Lanny, thank you. I know again, you have so much going on, so many interviews to talk about this milestone. But I appreciate you taking the time, and thank you for all the work you've done for us Disney fans. I look forward to seeing what's to come for you in the future. Well, this is a great interview, Matthew. Thank you so much. Great questions and great, great interview. Thank you.
Welcome back to Imagination Central. I want to first extend my sincerest thanks and appreciation to Lanny and to Walt Disney Imagineering for arranging this discussion. As a Disney fan and podcaster, this conversation was incredibly rewarding, and I, of course, hope you enjoyed listening to this episode of the show. As always, as you disembark, please remember to remain fully seated until the podcast comes to a complete stop, then gather your belongings and watch your head and step as you exit. After you exit the episode, I encourage you to engage with the show by following Imagination Skyway on your favorite social media app. And if you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it with anyone who might enjoy our discussion today and leave us a rating or review in your favorite podcast app. If you're listening on Spotify or already following us on social media, be sure to answer our question associated with this episode, which is for you to tell me your favorite invention or effect or illusion created by Walt Disney Imagineering. You can send me those answers on any social media platform. And as I mentioned, if you're following on Spotify, you can answer that question directly in the app. In addition, be sure to explore Imagination Skyway on the Patreon app or at patreon.com, where you can enjoy bonus podcast episodes, on-demand scenic audio, and even more content to enjoy, as well as a private community of listeners where we host weekly watch parties, small group video calls, and lots more fun. Plus, if you want to get a taste of what our Patreon subscription has to offer, you can now sign up for free, not just with a seven-day trial, but there is a new completely free membership level. It doesn't give you access to all the benefits of our Patreon program, but it does allow you to sample a couple of popular benefits that our members enjoy, specifically access to our community, occasional posts that'll host on the Patreon app, and access to our weekly watch parties. All these terms and conditions are subject to change depending on when you're listening to the show. So the best way to see what is currently available is to head directly to patreon.com slash imaginationskyway. Last but certainly not least, remember that achieving your dreams all begins with some self-belief, a plan of action, and perhaps a bit of inspiration. It's all possible if you're willing to put in the time, the energy, and the work to make your dreams come to life. And I definitely hope that this discussion with Lanny inspired you to realize that you can accomplish so much with passion and the pursuit of your dreams. Thank you so much for riding aboard Imagination Skyway. And remember, if we can dream it, we can do it.